This is the Rude Advice Podcast with TikTok influencer Rudy A. Divorced after 16 years of marriage and single at 39, I share my mistakes and experiences to help your marriage improve your dating life and prepare you for life after divorce. As I'm recording this, it's Memorial Day Monday. Didn't do anything this year, no plans, because it's been a busy weekend itself already. Get this, my love witch. Yes, the love witch and my son have finally moved in. They moved into the house, so here we go. Life begins again. My fiance, wedding day is going to come up later, but we got so many things to come to plan and kind of sort out. But here we go again. I never thought I'd be in this position. And when I got divorced, had my kids, I said, never again, never again. But you know what? You find somebody sometimes. You find somebody that just knows you, understands you, makes you laugh. And you don't expect these type of women to meet in real life. You've heard about them. You've seen them in movies. But when you meet a really good person in life, it's pretty amazing, guys. I have to admit. So there's hope out there. And as far as a son, I like... It's he's a miracle. My son's name is Max Maximilian. Long story short, medically, there was like a 99% chance my fiance could never have kids, right? So we, we gave up on the idea. But lo and behold, you know, one afternoon during a nooner, during some 90s R&B playing in the background, it happened. So <laughs> there's hope is what I'm trying to say here, guys. There's hope. If you're out there, you're divorced, you're lonely, and you don't know what life's going to give you. You have no hope of ever finding love again, or you've given up on it. I'm telling you, never say never, guys. Never say never because life will surprise you and bless you. And if you put the good word out there and if you put good energy out there, if you learn from your mistakes and don't let divorce and heartache turn you into a bitter man, you'd be surprised. Life is a wonderful thing. And today's show, we're going to talk about dating. So how to get back into that space, how to meet someone. We're going to talk about dating. And today's podcast, I have Charlotte. She's known by on TikTok as Dating by Charlotte. She is approaching 100,000 followers, and what I love about her is that her presentations and her videos are all through PowerPoint. For those who don't know, my real job is an instructional designer. Actually, I got promoted. I am a senior instructional designer for adult learning and training curriculum for a major worldwide company. That's all I'm going to say. I'm never going to give up who my employer is, but I have a knack of teaching people through stories, and she does that. And in one video, one of her most viral videos, she was talking about what's the difference between talking versus seeing versus dating. And I remember, again, coming out of divorce and dating for the first time in 20 years, I had no idea there was a difference. So it's going to be a very insightful uh, podcast for you today if you're about to go back into the dating world from a divorce situation, or maybe you have given up and it's been a number of years and you're going to go back out there. We're going to give you some clear definitions on what those stages are. We're also going to talk about exclusivity. There's a different type of exclusivity. We're going to talk about situationships. We're going to talk about being zombied, being um, ghosted. And we're also going to touch on a real sensitive triggering part. Uh, Charlotte, she tells a story how she lived in Santa Barbara at one point, and she had some interactions with the Whatever podcast that she just wanted to talk about. So just bear in mind later in the podcast, like 20 20 minutes left in the in the show, she talks about a, a topic that may be triggering. So FYI, I didn't see that topic coming, but I'm glad she brought it up. And again, before we get to the podcast, I want to read some feedback because, again, I haven't seen any Patreon sign up for my uh, support. So, again, if you love the podcast, you love the information and you want to contribute to the show in any way, this is how I accept it, guys, because I'm working hard for you. You either 
send me some feedback. Send me a, like a testimony of how my, uh, my advice has helped you. Or, you know, sign up for Patreon. And again, any contributions you give me will go to the show's overhead, equipment, all those other items. But I want to read this uh, comment I got from a guy. I'm just going to call him D, okay? He sent me this last Monday. He goes, hey, I just wanted to reach out to you and say thank you for the work that you do. I'm currently going through a divorce and it's been hard on me. But I also see the positive side of all of it. See, that's great. It's been rough working on wedding videos while getting a divorce, but I got to pay the bill somehow, right? But being a fellow creative, I'm excited about the opportunities that I will have once it's said and done and the type of filmmaking opportunities I will see ahead of me that I didn't have when I was married. I have a son. He's also very interested in getting into video work. So my hope is to bring him along for these adventures. That's awesome, man. That makes me happy. Thank you so much again. I love your content. Keep doing what you're doing. You have no idea how much this has impacted me. This is amazing. You see, when I read comments like this, uh, that I'm helping my brothers out there, it, it it gets me, man. It's like a sports moment. It gets me all emotional and like a, a tear in my eye. I'm glad there's my content and my horrible, you know, years of hell that I went through going through divorce and surviving that 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 seventh ring of hell is helping other people. So D, thank you for sending me that feedback. It means a lot to me. And also, I want to give a shout out to another gentleman. His name is Chris. He saw my video with uh, Sterling Cooper. Uh, Did you ever have clients like Induce Bigelow? He sent me an email. He says, hey, I'm writing this up. I really appreciate your content on YouTube. Just subbed to your channel yesterday. YouTube recommended it to me. Thank you so much. So again, everybody listening here who has been listening is in the genesis of something big. This is going to be something bigger in a couple of years. I'm not going to quit because there's nothing more joyful that I've ever experienced in my life knowing that I'm impacting people in a positive way. And the fact that my stories are helping others is a wonderful feeling. So again, thank you, Chris. Thank you, D. Thank you, everybody. I really do appreciate this. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Charlotte. So everybody uh, on the podcast today, I have Charlotte, Dating by Charlotte. I met her on TikTok. And uh, what's pretty cool is that you're in Austin and I'm in San Antonio. You're practically a neighbor. Yeah. Hey, neighbor. Not too far away from you. Um, love San Antonio. Um, I remember I'm blanking what restaurant it was. It's over at the at the Pearl. Um, but you know, really love a restaurant over there. Uh, La Gloria. Um, oh, it's the one. It's like the Southern comfort food. Um, it's what oh. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, OK, that that wasn't yeah. it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, everybody, I, I saw her and what I love about her, her platform once she talks about dating. Right. And she's a Texan. So that's already two wins there. But what really won me over and why I reached out to you, Charlotte, is I love your presentations because people don't know this. But my profession outside of TikTok, right, my real job, I'm an instructional designer. Nice. And I work with PowerPoints and adult learning all day. And I see your PowerPoints and I'm like, this is amazing. I, I got to reach out and talk to her. <laughs> nice. So I, I, had, I had no idea. And um, yeah, in, in my kind of career, I, I work with um, people who do what you do and have the utmost respect for it. Um, yeah. Kind of where the background is for what I've been doing, um, you know, making the dating relationship related PowerPoints. Um, yeah, I guess to kind of give the origin story to, to go all the way back, because it doesn't make sense without the full story. Um, probably, yeah, about a year ago ish to this day, um, was at brunch with a few girlfriends. Um, we were retelling old stories, mimosas in the center of the table, of course. Um, <laughs> and yeah. And so I think we were telling back an old story and I reference um, you know, one of my friends. Oh yeah. Hey, you know, remember, you know, the one guy you dated, Phil, it was you know someone that 
you know, a year or two back, um, she, uh, she dated for uh, my opinion, dated, um, you know, month of, you know, dates hanging out. It just mm-hmm. didn't materialize into a relationship or anything. Um, but my opinion, that's dating. He was her date to our company holiday party. Um, she quickly interrupted me to say, we never dated. We never, we were never boyfriend, girlfriend. Like that, that's not dating. We were just talking and it turned into this whole debate on the, t- uh, at the brunch table uh-huh. um, saying like, no, you were going on, da- oh, you were act- you were going on dates consistently. That's dating. No, it's talking. Um, <laughs> and then it ended with agree to disagree. And I, I don't, I just can't stand agree to disagree. I'm pretty stubborn. So I went home and, um, you know, went to, I had, it was just a notebook at the time it's popped up in, in TikTok, And I drew this timeline of this is the talking stage. That's that window of time before that first date takes place when you're kind of planning things logistically. But once you're going on dates, you're dating. That doesn't mean you're in a relationship yet. And Mm so to get buy in from the world and prove her wrong, I made a TikTok of it. I downloaded TikTok at the beginning of the pandemic just for fun. I think I did like kind of goofy things here and there, like house tour stuff, nothing that ever caught on. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think there was some viral influencer type who stitched the video um, and was like, hey, like, you know, I've never called this a talking stage started. It was really Gen Z versus millennial. I, I almost want to say like Gen Z really wants to call that a talking stage. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and I w- had, you know, a couple, like I think a hundred thousand views. And I was kind of like, Hmm, you know, I'm, I'm in digital marketing as a career, which kind of comes into the the next part. Um, it's all coming together. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was kind of like, maybe there's something here. TikTok is supposed to be this like next big thing. I would kind of love to learn about like the algorithm and see like, if it would be helpful from a business standpoint, why not run with this? Um, mm-hmm. And then, but didn't really know what to do next. Uh, so but then like the next week, maybe next week or so later, another brunch table, another mimosa conversation. Um, girlfriend was telling a story about how she'd been ghosted. Um, but then once she continued to tell the story, I realized it's just someone who stopped talking to her on a dating app. Um, you know, my opinion of ghosting, like when I hear ghosting, I think of, you know, someone you've been getting to know, you know, them pretty well. And all of a sudden they sneak off into the night, effectively becoming a ghost and you never hear from right. them again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but you know, if it's someone you stop talking to on a dating app or, you know, someone maybe you didn't reach out to, like, isn't that like a fizzle or isn't that just something not coming to fruition? So that started like a, a discussion. Um, and I was like, I could make a TikTok of this. And I, I got the same notebook out and it was like, I don't know how, like I was trying to do an X, Y axis where it's like uh-huh. the more serious you are, <laughs> the less effort you have to put in. And then, you know, when does it become ghosting? Um, cause my opinion, it takes two to be ghosted. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this on one little composition book. I'm going to go get my computer. Um, I'm in digital marketing as a career. And I had all these templates that I would use for PowerPoint presentations and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you know, this will work. And then um, as I was do, kind of putting everything together, uh, I was like, oh, you know, maybe this could be all done in a PowerPoint format. Um, and that got a bunch of views. People really liked it. They said, oh, this is kind of different. And I was like, I think we've got a niche on our hands. So yeah. that kind of really inspired that really inspired it. Um, it was something where at the time um, it helped me with like my presentation skills like mm-hmm. at, at work. So I would do it like in the morning before I started <laughs> working like at 7 a.m. And, and 7 it would warm up my voice. And mm-hmm. I would really go off of dating topics. Like I definitely have found a trend with like all these crazy buzzwords we all use to describe things that mean something different to everyone that are so emotionally charged. You know, what do they mean? And not so much what do they mean, but what could they mean? Here's here it is on a spectrum. Like, yeah. you know, what does what everyone has their own definition of casual and it exists on a spectrum. To some people, it's a one night stand and other people it's a you know feels like a relationship but it's missing the title so a lot of my content has revolved around that and kind of those like modern dating 
isms. Um, and I've had a lot of fun with it. I'll go off audience feedback. If there's something in the New York times about a, a certain dating trend, I'll go off that. Um, sometimes I'll do like stitches about a viral situation where someone wasn't all that nice to another, <laughs> but I like to have fun with it. Um, one thing too, is, um, I really hate like the, the gender war side of things. I think, Oh um, God. Yeah. Anyone of any gender can be ghosted. Um, I, I think dating's hard for everybody and everyone, you know, kind of issues can be different. I think also just issues are different depending on your personality. It's not necessarily just tied to gender. Oh, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I I really have kind of tried to make things as, as gender neutral uh, as possible, um, like 60, 40 female to male audience, which has been nice. Um, but yeah, I'm just anti asshole versus, you know, pro one particular gender. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of me. And the, the there you are. Land. And, and uh, your profile, you're, you're approaching a hundred thousand followers on TikTok, right? I hope, I hope I will get there soon. Yeah. I've kind of, it's, it's kind of had a, a lull in the last like week or so. Um, but hopefully I can climb up there in the meantime. Oh, you will definitely. Um, I didn't know how dating was and I had a lot of female friends in the corporate space and they told me, you know, there's, it's different now. You know, if you're just talking to somebody, you're not dating. And I'm like, what do you mean? So, cause I came from the old days. If you went out with somebody, and the date went well on a Friday and you asked them, well, let's do something Saturday. They were committed to you almost like an exclusive type of agreement. But that wasn't the case. I went out with a lot of women on Fridays and asked them, let's do it again tomorrow. No, I have plans. And that was the norm because there was no exclusivity. We we're just talking. She didn't know me from anybody. And that was really it wasn't a tough adjustment for me. But I had to understand that just because you matched on a dating app and you're talking and exchanging a conversation and maybe go on one date doesn't mean you're dating. It just means you're seeing them. And I'm like, okay, I'm not making up these rules. I'm going with the flow. And it was never a clear definition of seeing, talking and dating. And when I saw your presentation with the PowerPoint, I'm like, this is perfect because anybody coming out of a marriage and divorce and going out to the dating world, it's so confusing because it's a different era. It's a different age. It's just so fast to sync up with people. It's so, I never thought like texting would be my first impression. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. Oh my goodness. So this, so if you don't mind, go into details for those who are like, maybe about to start dating after divorce, or maybe those who are, you know, in their prime and they're ready to get back out there. What is the difference between the scene, the talking and the dating stage? Yeah. And and just to, and just to give, um, yeah, some, some clarification on, on my definitions. I'm not a big fan of just in general of calling someone that you are actively going on dates with, um, just talking. I think okay. it's, it's a way to kind of downplay, you know, what, what is meaningful, which is you're getting to know someone you're going on dates. And I think we've kind of made dating this big, scary word that we're trying to avoid. And I think that almost we've overcomplicated it. Exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm not afraid. I think when you are actively going on dates, you, I I, I would call that dating. I think it's not a word to be afraid of. I do think Mm -hmm. dating is a synonym for for seeing, um, because some people say, well, what about seeing, is it seeing then dating? I always say, and I do think it has less of a scary sound to it. I could totally see using that. I I just see it as more of a synonym. Okay. Um, and then I've always seen talking is that window of time before that first date takes place. Um, and I mean, Ah. that could be longer than, um, than others, depending on your situation or how you met. I think if you met someone on a dating app and you have, you say, Oh, Hey, we're both free tomorrow. Um, you maybe Mm -hmm. had a one day talking, talking stage. Um, if it's someone you knew through work and you kind of had a flirty back and forth because you were both too scared to say aloud that you have feelings for each other and you kind of do flirty things back and forth that aren't really dates just yet. Maybe you're talking for a lot longer. So that is my take. There is a definitely a, a group of people who will say 
that if you are not that dating is a synonym for an exclusive, committed, established relationship because they think mm-hmm. dating sounds like a very strong word. To yeah. Them. Like we're exclusive now. Like I'm dating yeah. somebody. Yeah. Yeah. My personal take on, um, you know, multi-dating and being exclusive or, or not. Um, I do think you can date multiple people at once, mm-hmm. but I also think that as, that as a whole, like naturally in, in the right situation that, that should drop off. And I think by default, you should almost like be exclusive before you call, put a label on it. I think when you date somebody, that's your trial run to be in a relationship with them and to really know what it, goes into being in a relationship with them, you should have some period of getting to know them without any other distraction around you. As mm-hmm. in you're going on dates, you don't have, you don't, you're not looking down at your phone saying, Oh, is that other person going to text me? Um, I, I do think like that kind of, you know, letting, if you, you are, if you are seeing another person or two, like in the early stages, you know, you're one, two dates and you don't really know yet, no big deal. But if you've really kind of picked one person, you know, let the other people drop off. Right. And that's what I was taught. They said it's a numbers game. You know, you want to date at least maybe three or four people, talk to them and then kind of filter out. It's a numbers game. So go ahead and just filter out who you want to take seriously. But it's, it's, it takes a while. It's not an overnight process is what they told me. I'm like, well, fine. So that's when I started talk. Well, to me, this is how I saw it. If I'm talking to you via text and we go out on one date, I didn't say we were dating. This is just the definition I they taught me and what I kind of learned. And again, there's no set definition. That's why I wanted you on here. So if you go talk to somebody and you go on on a date, I didn't see that as dating. I said that we're like, I'm seeing somebody, you know, we're seeing somebody. And um, talking was just talking, nothing like a romantic. It was just, you know, we go on dates, but it's just fun. But if there was anything intimate, that's the scene area. And then dating is when you chose who you wanted to date exclusively. So dating is from what they what I learned was that was that's the last um, definition of the whole process. It's you, you're seeing people, you're talking to them and you're filtering who you want to take seriously. And there may be some intimacy with numerous people while you're talking to other people. It's crazy. I didn't like it, but I adjusted to it pretty fast. But dating didn't take the title until you were selected. Like I select you. I just FYI, I'm not seeing anybody else. And I'd like to see where this goes. That's kind of where it became, quote unquote, official. But even at that point, when I chose people, there were women saying, I, I like you, but I have trip plans next month with a friend of mine that we planned six months ago. So I don't know how you're going to feel about that. So what is that? It's kind of such a gray and confusing area. Such a gray area. And I think, yeah, there's so many factors and distractions now that can really, I think, impact somebody's decisions. Um, you also mm-hmm. hear too, like that conversation where you, you know, reveal to the other person, Hey, I'm, I'm going to focus on this. I'm, I'm not seeing anybody else. I'm going to delete the dating apps. Yes. Some people that comes separately then. Okay. Now we are in a relationship. We're going to call each other boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, you know, whatever. Um, to a lot of people, like if you don't put that, you know, part into the conversation, they just see them, see you as exclusive, but not necessarily in a relationship yet. Right. Um, so that's another thing too, is it's like, you almost have to make sure that you specify that in the conversation. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you're not technically in a relationship. Yeah. It's, it's so confusing. And now uh, again, this is, I'm in, I'm, I'm engaged, right? So I'm not dating anymore. I, all my dating life was maybe 2015 to 2020, but now I hear they're introducing open relationships, which is also confusing. Like, you know, people are or agreeing upfront, like, Hey, you know, we can be intimate, we can talk and go out, but we're open to date other people. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but that seems to be an ongoing thing or a new thing coming up. Have you seen that lately with your research? I, 
So I have, I haven't, I do think that the kind of open relationship or like poly, you know, type relationships have sort of been weaponized. I think people that are really truly interested in that, um, are almost mathematical about it. Like they, they know what they want and they lead with it knowing they might lose people. It's mm-hmm. never something you sort of, uh, introduce or bait and switch people with. And it's, it's not sort of a crutch to, to cheat or something like that. It's, you know, two people, right. Hey, you know, we have, you know, different kind of sexual interests. Um, we are in an open relationship and they, they have rules to it that are, you know, not just one-sided. Uh, I, I, and I also do think like those types of communities, communities and whatnot, or, or those, um, you know, types of relationships or mm-hmm. interests. I, I, I feel like that's just something that would be tough for like an inexperienced dater to try. Like, I, I think I kind of have seen it with like, you know, college, college kids and whatnot. It's like, oh, you know, like maybe just date multiple people and, and don't call it a relationship. But I think open relationship is it's for people that, you know, have had some relationship experience. They know what works for them because there's just something that's, you know, to have that you have to really, you know, know your relationship with sex and um, kind of right. you know, be really emotionally intelligent um, because those are pretty complex. Yeah. And it can get pretty, I know on paper, it sounds fun, but it can get pretty complicated pretty fast right away. Uh, I had a friend of mine, she uh, was separated for her husband. This is a couple of years back and uh, she moved to Austin and uh, she said, Austin, there's a lot of polyamorous relationships. A lot of, I went out on a date, the guy was married and he was cool with that lady. She says, it's really big in Austin. Every guy that hit on me, uh, that's, that's what it was. They had an open relationship. I'm like, so that's apparently that's a big thing in Austin. This is what she told me a couple of years ago. <laughs> I have had, I have had, I have one friend who is, has jokingly called herself the, the poly and, and swinger magnate. She's like, this is just everywhere. Um, yeah. I, I do think if, if you're on, if you're on a dating app or something like that, you have to be upfront. Like if, um, the people that are truly poly or, or whatever, um, whatever they identify as there's different, um, kind of labels they'll, they'll put on it. Um, it's never something you should bait and switch people with it or, or you're doing it wrong or like weaponizing that. Um, it's yeah. something you're supposed to be open with. Like, and if someone says no, you're supposed to get up and leave because they're big on consent. Yeah. It's, it's a complicated. I never dove in that space and I, I'm too, uh, I know I couldn't handle it. I know I'm not I'm like, uh, prepared to be, I guess my emotions to be uh, tied or tethered to n- numerous people. I I'm not built that way. Some people are, but I, I I'm not, I guess I'm, I'm totally too the same way. Yeah. I, yeah. um, cause when I think of like, dating and you know I, I do think people can date multiple people um but it's not for everybody um you know before you've called it a committed relationship early stages i think of course few dates in um i think there's some people who see that as a way um you know to not have kind of like that sunken cost mindset all in on, on one person um i think it's a good way to kind of you know measure this person against other people versus um you know kind of having tunnel vision on just one person um Mm -hmm. and then for some people it's just they just don't they really truly don't know yet um and it's a better way for them to date like for me um i'm just i'm first i have adhd i would be too worried about mixing up a story oh thanks (laughs) i i'm terrified like i'm terrified of like mixing up a story or calling someone the wrong name or something like that like that alone had, had kept me from kind of dating multiple people, like as just um, when I was like a single person. Um, but, oh, but yeah, at the same time, like if I had a date with someone and I wasn't totally excited about that person, um, there would not be another date. I think sometimes multi-daters are kind of like, oh, this person could be nice. And sometimes I wonder, did I ever let go of a good person too quickly because you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're a slow burn type or it takes them a while to come out of their shell. So there's kind of pros and, and cons, I think, to both mm-hmm. um, kind of styles of dating. Yeah. And, and, and again, it, and for, for me going out there, it was really messy. And I, I kind of want to get back to the uh, talking stage and dating stage. So you said the dating for uh, per your definition, again, is like when you go on 
dates, so multiple mm-hmm. dates with somebody. So that's when I guess there is uh, exclusivity within that space and you're dating somebody, correct? Um, my def- yeah, my definition of, di- of dating is act is actively going on dates. I do think kind of, you know, the, the one first date that didn't materialize into something else, um, you know, that was a, a person you went on one date with. Um, it's that, you know, you're, you've been on, you know, dates, you're continuing to, you know, have, um, you know, flirty back and forth. There seems to be other dates on the horizon. I, I, my definite, that's my definition of dating. Okay. I don't think it's something that I, I don't think it's, you're necessarily exclusive with that person. Um, I think some people just opt for, you know, kind of that date one person, um, you know, kind of by choice on, on their Dating. own terms. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think it's you know required. There's no implication of it. Um, I think really nobody should assume exclusivity unless they've been told so. Right. Um, but so that, that kind of, and that does kind of sound scary. Like if you say, Oh, I'm dating multiple people, people will go like, what? And I think that's kind of the interest in talking. It sounds a lot less scary. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm talking to a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I think calling it dating also makes people be more careful with that and not just be so reckless. Um, which is yes. where my definition comes in. Yes, definitely. I, I, I can see where you're going with that. Uh, and to kind of revert, then the talking is just text conversations, right? That's when you you match with somebody and you're just talking to them via your phone. Correct. I think I think if it's a dating app match, absolutely. Or, you know, some other, you know, the person that DMs you on, on Instagram that found you because they live in your city. Um, I do think if it's a situation where you met somebody in person, so you, you go out with your friends on a Friday, get somebody's number. You know, that's a person you've met in person and that kind of texting as you plan what's next. Yeah, I'd call that talking or, you know, some people date people that they've been connected to a while. I mentioned like the coworker example and whatnot, yeah. or you might be <laughs> hesitant to like really you know pull the trigger on that. I think those are almost this, it's crazy because like those like connections that you've met in person are almost like those long talking stages where it's like, is this going to be anything like maybe, you know, you kiss when nobody's looking at a party, but you haven't done a real date yet. Like yeah. that's kind of the things I would call talking. OK. And you don't have is there a scene definition in, in your in your in your I've always I guess, just thought, yeah, I've always thought it was just a synonym for for dating that I okay, think does sound less scary. Um, so I've, I think see, like to me, it's the same thing. Um, okay, got people it. Say like, you know, earlier stages, I would call it, you know, seeing if it was, you know, two dates in, if, you know, we're a month and a half in, just haven't had the conversation yet. Yeah. Call that dating. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's a synonym. That makes sense. Okay. So now we're clear on that. So, and again, I'm glad we have a good definition because it gives people who are listening, who are about to go start dating after divorce, like an idea and uh, again, for me, I found it shocking because, uh, again, going out there 39, I remember when I met a woman, every woman I met had a lot of guys or like the uh, there's the the concert guy, the guy who spoils them, the guy who gives the guy for sex. I mean, they had multiple guys that they were dating. I'm not saying every woman does this in, in the nation, but my experience, they were seeing multiple people. And I couldn't be upset about that because I just met this person. I'm entering their life now. So I can't judge or like, you know, label anybody based on what they're doing now. And if I was worthy of maybe dating them exclusively, you know, that slowly separated them from the process. So I remember, okay, this is the way the game is. Everybody has multiple people. They have a roster, as they call it, or a a den, whatever they call it. There's so many stupid terms, but people had a lot of, um, I guess I don't want to say a lot of options of just there. Like there's the, the sex guy, there's the guy who takes me to movies, the guy who takes me to the concerts, and then there's a guy that boosts my confidence when I need him. I just saw that quite commonly with a lot of women and guys did the same thing. And after a while, I did the same thing as well. So it, it's weird how that that's that's really evident out there. People have just 
I guess I don't want to use the word roster. What would you use the word? What term would you use? <laughs> and, and I hate the term roster because like, oh, you, you're not an NBA coach and, and whatnot. I think I'm, I'm, I think a more polite way to thing to call it would be like multi-dating. Um, but I think multi-dating, if, it is, there you go. if it is something where it's like very casual, like if you're, if you have someone that you're hooking up with, I, I that's another thing. Um, I believe that when you're actively going on dates, you're dating, you can have a casual situation that is not called dating. If you know, you're not doing the real, real dates, like someone coming over to your house to, you know, watch a movie. That's not a date. Um, yes. so I, so that would be casual in, in, in your definition, right? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, no problem. Yeah. And so I, I think like multi-dating is a nice thing to call it, um, you know, has, you know, isn't looking for anything serious. They're not tied down. I, I would usually use kind of those terms um, to describe that or like, oh, you know, they're they're not in a rush. Like I would usually kind of use those euphemisms. Um, I haven't uh-huh. come up with a definition for that, um, actually. Well, the casual piece, I mean, uh, again, this is all the Netflix and chill. I guess that's what the definition was. of just like, hey, come over, watch a movie and and let's just do that. So uh, but again, it's. um it is very complicated. And the ghosting piece, I saw your other video, which I watched it maybe like six times mm-hmm. because there's so much information visually and, uh, and auditory. So I'm like, I love this, but I wanted to talk to you about this. So here we are. So I know what ghosting is, but now you said there's zombie and submarine. I've never heard the zombie or submarine. So please uh, give everybody definition of each. <laughs> so um, every now and then the New York Times puts out an article written by some New Yorker who you know, tries to share the new dating buzzwords and terms. I think sometimes they're usually a like boomer who is not dating themselves and just kind of <laughs> trying to translate slang. I yeah. have never used those terms. I think I've put them as a, you know, like, oh my gosh, people are coming up with more names for ghosting. Something I've yeah. also called out as a big trend is um, people trying to come up with new buzzwords. A lot of, you know, influencers who are calling themselves dating influencers who want to be the person, the name behind the, the new theory or who the buzzword, it. So they yeah. can put it on merch. Um, I think I'm trying to think, I think zombieing that was something where it's like they ghost and they disappear and then they come back to life. So kind of like a zombie. So they disappear. <laughs> and then, you know, a month later, Hey, how have you been? It's like the guy you thought ghosted you. Oh, he's not a ghost after all. He came back to life. Um, okay. I think is that one. And uh-huh. then what was the other one that you mentioned? Submarine. Submarine. That's a, which one was that? I think that was like a zombieing light where it was like they come, they, you know, they disappear and without a trace, but come back kind of periodically and then ghost again. Oh, like so it's like, a, it's like, oh, that's where you went. And then, you know, the conversation doesn't continue. But some people okay. call that breadcrumbing, which is like, there's a whole bunch of names for it, this kind of thing. <laughs> so a submarine is more or less a, re- a repeated version of mm-hmm. zombieing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've all been there. Um, have you ever been ghosted? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been, I've been ghosted. Um, and I, will, I, uh, as much as I would love to, you know, solve that mystery. Um, I, I don't think I ever will, but I think it's happened to everybody. And I'll admit yeah. like, and I think too, um, I've, I've ghost, I've ghosted. And sometimes I think part of, you know, the thing that causes ghosting is, isn't so much that like, you have this person and you just are afraid of confrontation and you just, this is your kind of sneaky way out of like rejecting them. Sometimes yeah. it's like, you ghost someone because you weren't, you didn't realize how interested they were. If they didn't say to you, or if they didn't text you and say, Hey, like I had a great time, would love to see you again. You know, maybe you just assume they're not interested 
or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you see a text that says hi and you've got a ton going on and you think I'll get back to this later. And then, you know, more texts come in because it's 2023 and everybody's texting each other. And then yeah. all of a sudden five days have gone by and maybe it's too late to text that person. And was I really interested in it anyway? So I think that's also a thing too. like ghosting isn't always like this intentional sneak off into the night. It's almost like a sign of the times. Like it's still unfortunate, but sometimes it isn't this like intentional evil act um, and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, and back in the old days, it was called being stood up. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's always been there, but I remember it happening more often. It happened uh, quite often with me. And I think I know, I, I have an idea why people do, but like, what is your theory? Why people ghost people? Like, why do you think that happens so often? Um, so I, I do think people are terrified of, of, uh, confrontation. Like I think there is absolutely the version of, of person who, you know, went on a date with you, knows you're interested and you just doesn't have the heart to say, you know, I'm not interested in you. That I feel like that fear never goes away. Even strong people are terrified of communication. Maybe they had, you know, the last person they were dating, like they thought they were doing the right thing and said, Hey, I don't see this working out. And then that person came and threw tomatoes at their windows and they think, well, maybe people just want to be ghosted. Um, maybe, I think there's, you know, other reasons why people do it. I think people maybe don't realize they're doing it in the sense that they maybe assume the other person's not interested. Like my firm belief is that it takes two to be ghosted. Um, so for it to really truly be ghosting, you have to text somebody and say, I would love to see you again. And they have to not respond to it. If you go on a yeah. date and you go home, even if you're someone where it's like, Oh, I like a man to chase. And, and you don't say, you know, Hey, would love to see you again. If that guy doesn't text you, he didn't ghost you. He can you know, easily assume you weren't that interested. I also think like, if you don't say directly that you're interested, like if you just say, Oh, thanks for a good night. Or, you know, just a, Hey, how are you? Like, that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily like say I want to see you again and give someone like a compelling event to respond to. So I think there can be the assumption that, you know, someone's not interested. Um, oh, you know, I think one thing okay. I've assumed too, and maybe it's just cause I live in Austin or a big city. Sometimes I've just assumed like, you know, like this guy, this guy will be fine. He, it's a, we live in a big city. A lot can happen in a week. Um, you know, why give a rejection this person didn't ask for if he didn't specifically say would love to see you again. Like, you know, why should I send that text saying like, Hey, um, you know, I, I don't see, I, I had a nice time, but I don't see this working out. Like why put somebody at a net negative and give someone something they didn't ask for. So, um, like those types of things. And then sometimes I think too, people don't ghost because, or people ghost because it doesn't necessarily close the door the way a rejection text would. If you don't ghost somebody or if you don't, I'm sorry, if you don't directly reject somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, maybe, you know, they want, you want to see, they want to see you again. Um, but if you, the second you say, oh, you know, I'm not interested, like you can't just go back to that person if, you know, a month down the road, you're lonely and, you know, who can I call in my phone? You can easily, yeah. if you just, you know, ghost, maybe this would be zombieing um, a month later, you can hit up that person and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I did this to you. I was so busy with work. I had, you know, this, this thing happened to me, you know, let's pick this back up. And it, it kind of leaves the door open, um, in a way mm-hmm. I would say too. Yeah. Um, the worst, I, I remember being ghosted the first time. And it's funny cause you just mentioned like, uh, I, I, I guess it hadn't happened to me personally, but you can be ghosted. You can go on a date, right. And it just not be a great date. And instead of rejecting them, like you just mentioned and saying, it's not going to work out, you just disappear. So there's one date and they're gone. I, I, I always assumed that it was a ghost. Like you were meeting somebody and you never met them. Cause that's what happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. like we met up, we matched up on Wednesday. We're talking Wednesday through Friday. That's we're going to go out Saturday. And she's sending me pictures of her outfit, which she's going to wear. I'm like, great. I can't wait to see you. And then I'm a Saturday because it was weird because just to give women the peace of mind that I dated on that date 
of the day of the date, I would say, hey, good morning. We're still on for this morning, right? I just want to, uh, for tomorrow. Uh, let me repeat that. We're still on for this evening, right? And they'd be, yeah, I'm like, okay, we're seven o'clock. I'll be there. Uh, FYI, I'm leaving my house. I would just give them reassurance that I'm not going to ghost them because I know how that feels. Anyway, she says, I'm on my way. I got an Uber. I'll be there in five minutes. I'm down the street. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm at the bar. I'm waiting for you. She never showed up. Just what? gone. And I'm like, if you ghosted me, that's fine. But did you die? Just let me know you're safe. <laughs> that's all I said. That's what's crazy. Like, I, I think like that that's such a that's such a bold move because that's one thing I feel like you see less of is people getting like stood up like I think because people have phones and whatnot like I feel like you see a lot more excuses that you think maybe aren't yes. necessarily true but like something that gets somebody going somewhere I think like is universally seen as significantly more terrible because there's no excuse for it because they have a phone the way that you know right people now or the way that people back then didn't mm-hmm. yeah and and I have a theory because, again, I dated in the 90s, right? And I got married in 99 and started dating in 2016, that whole that, that story. And I can compare the two different worlds and eras, right? So it's like I remember meeting women in this era, this new age was so lazy. All I had to do was download an app, create a profile, and boom, they're, they're coming to me in a sense. You know, if the app profile is strong, they're coming to me and it was very successful. I'm like, oh, my, this is it? I don't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to have game. I didn't have to approach anyone, smell good, look good, ask him to dance. By him. None of that. All that courting was gone. It's just here we are. It's it's so impersonal. And like I said earlier, I just did not like the fact that my first impression was a text. I preferred making eye contact saying, hello, my name is Rudy. That that's the way I was groomed and raised. Right. So here it's different. And I remember it being really impersonal. And I think that's really why people are ghosting so much, because the person they're talking to is just a profile saved on their phone oh, yeah. with it's maybe a, digital- a picture. It's, it's a text thread. That's it. There's no human interaction. Yeah. It's a, it's a digital baseball card is what I've called them. That's all. Yeah. It's, that's all it is. And I think that's why it's so easy to separate themselves with this person. Cause they never looked them in the eye. They never were with them, you know, face to face. And I think it's harder once you to do that versus the other. So I don't know. It's just very impersonal. The whole courting part of the meeting people. So it's so odd now. And it's so lazy. Yes. Guys don't have to put any effort. They can be just put some handsome photos up there. They can be a, a total jerk, but that doesn't matter because, you know, the profile is selling them. So it's so lazy. It's so lazy. And I think, yeah, the, 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 the easiness of it all has caused laziness. Um, you know, right now, you know, back at, like, even if you look back at the nineties, if you had, if you went to, you know, you got somebody's phone number um, and you called them on the phone, that person took up the whole phone, fo- the, the whole phone line. If you wanted to talk yep. to another person, you had to hang up the phone with them. If you wanted <laughs> exactly. the possibility of another person calling you, you had to hang up the phone. Now yep. you can meet and talk to dozens of people at a time um, for, for at no cost to you. Um, at no effort to you without ever leaving your couch. So people are talking to more people just because they can. And I think that results in people, you know, keeping things going with people they're not totally interested in or excited about because why, why not? You can, it's, it's easy. So, and I think that causes like that disposability. I think that causes people to, you know, cling to things that wouldn't, they wouldn't cling to if, you know, back in, you know, back in the day, they gave somebody a phone number at a bar, um, you know, they would, they, that would just be the person that didn't call you. Now it's like right. you get the hey text and it's easy to respond to a text. And mm-hmm. then they're like, why isn't he emotionally available? He's not responsive. It's like, well, because, because he can, it doesn't take much effort to send a text. Um, so None. you see so much more of like people saying there's so many options, but there are also a lot of like non-options because it's lazy people. Yeah, totally. 
And I want to get your opinion from a female perspective. And I'm going to give you the guy reason, because uh, I had a lot of women say, why is he ghosting me? Why is he, I guess the term is zombieing right now, right? Why is he, he just ghosts me. And then three months later, he comes back. And this is the male perspective. Because I'm guilty of doing this myself. And I know about the guys who did it. If a guy ghosts a woman, it's because, as I mentioned, we mentioned earlier, people are dating multiple people. If you're ghosted, you're probably plan C or B. And plan A really came through and confirmed that evening. So that's why you were ghosted because his, t- his attention is totally focused on this other woman. And then he's going to date her. It's going to go on for a couple months and it didn't work out. Guess what? I'm going to go to plan B. Oh, she didn't respond. Let me go text plan C. So that is why you're getting that. Hey, what are you doing? Text on Saturday at 9 p.m. at night is because we're just kind of going down our options. And it's sad, but that's the, the modern dating game. And a lot of people are doing that. So when a woman goes a guy or do the a woman does the zombie, is it the same thing? I, I, I think so, because I and I think like like I said, how it's, you know, ghosting isn't this intentional sneak off into the night. Sometimes you get caught up with one person like there's there's some people that just that are very sparky people like what I've, I've noticed. And so sometimes it's like that person's just taking up all your time and all of a sudden, you know, three days have gone by and you're not you don't necessarily want to reject those other people. You've just been so busy with this other person. Um, and then if it doesn't work out, like I feel like that's why it's always like that one month mark or that six week mark, because that's usually a lot of times where people are like, OK, like, what's this going to be? We've kind of done mm-hmm. all the, the dating things like are we going to shit or get off the pot kind of thing. Um, so I think <laughs> that's why you see it a lot then. But yeah, it, to- it totally is. It's like I pursued somebody, I, I put all my chips in the middle, didn't win. Um, and, you know, there were still some nice people that I had a nice time with. What are they up to? Right. But it, yeah, right. It's, it's unfortunate because if you're someone's first choice and they're kind of your backup plan, it, it causes a pretty frustrating situation for someone. OK. And, and, and this wasn't on the bullet points I sent you, but I want to ask you, um, I always tell people. And again, based on my 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 faults and my mistakes is like, you know, being emotionally vulnerable too soon, too fast. I always preach that you want to at least get to know the person. You know, I know you can get infatuated with them and, you know, there can be this intense chemistry that between the both of you, that the sex could be great, but you don't know them. You truly don't. And I I used to say three months is a reasonable time frame to see who they are. And after trial and error and many dates, I found out that was wrong. I now I go to the six month or year to truly be vulnerable and to let go of those walls we all have inside and protecting ourselves because no one wants to get hurt. We've all been hurt. And we don't want to go through that again. So uh, I always tell people, like, hold off if, you know, from into, if, you, if you can. But if you don't protect your heart and just take the time to get to know them before you say I love you or saying something about or planning marriages, because I love you is a powerful statement and it can mean a different thing to a different person. It can mean something different to you, to them. So you have to be careful with that word, especially that word. But what is a reasonable time frame with your, your experience and all your research that you would say is a good amount of time to be vulnerable with your love with somebody? To yeah, do that? I think. Um, yeah, I think I love you. That's obviously I think that's a committed that's a committed relationship thing. I think the people that you are actively going on dates with, there's no commitment yet. Like the, those are not yeah. do not give your I love you's to those people um, that take that takes time and, um, you know, being exclusive with someone having like a foundation, um, for, you know, that relationship and having a a real relationship to, Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, even kind of go down that road. I think it's tough because I I don't think, I think it's so much more of an art than it is a math. Like, I don't think there's a a full checklist in terms of like, that is a great way to put it. They, yeah, Yeah. they, cause it's such a, it's such a feeling that like a lot of people can't really quantify, um, I think, yeah, like some people will say, oh, well, you know, once they've met the parents, you know, they've, they've passed the parent check, they've passed the sibling check, I've passed their parent check. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, yeah, I think it's a, a feeling, but I also think that 
you know, sometimes that what, when you realize what that feeling is, that changes like over time. Like I think when I was obviously a, a 16 year old kid falling in love for the first time, I think that was obviously just sparks, sparks and lust. And as right. I've gotten older, it's like, oh, you know, that that's, you know, just being attracted to somebody. Now I think, um, usually it's like, it, for me, it has been kind of the, the, th- the three month mark. Um, and maybe that's mm-hmm. because of just, I wonder the reason for that. I don't know if it's because I you know, bring someone into my life or integrate them into my life, like relatively quickly um, in the sense that they're, you know, I, my sister lives locally or like my have a strong group of friends and they're kind of coming, they're starting to come to these like events or, or gatherings with me. a wedding or something like that. Yeah, stuff, stuff <laughs> that's like one that, of the big where, tests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where you see like the full scope of who they are. Um, so that's kind of been the the marker for me. Um, but I've always like, I've always known for probably like a, a month, um, maybe even since the beginning before I said anything, because it was like, you know, there's something, something changes when you say it aloud, I would say. Yes. And, or during the act of, you know, having sex is like, did you really mean that? Like, then you're like, if, if you heard it and you do say it back when you don't want to, it's like, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a, a messy, complicated, uh, space. And, um, I can understand why people don't want to date anymore. Uh, if it's, it's so uh, knowing that it's a numbers game, knowing that the person you're talking to could be talking to numerous people. What are the odds of me winning them or him or her over? It, it can be messy. It, it can really can. So I can understand the frustration. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you mentioned types of exclusivity on your presentation and I didn't know there was many <laughs> or, or more than one type. So can you go on and elaborate on that? Yeah. So, um, and these are kind of made up classifications, um, just like everything I do is, but I I do think it kind of relates to a lot of situations that, you know, different versions of exclusivity. I think there's obviously a version and I call it like intentional. Um, there's a version of exclusivity where it's, you know, you and I are going to be in an exclusive relationship, um, whether you call that, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend or not, um, you've agreed to it because the two of you like each other and, you know, want to get to know each other. And this is about your connection. Mm -hmm. Um, there's another version of it and I call it logistical, um, which is around things like, you know, um, you don't want to get STDs, things like that. Um, so, you know, I don't want to sleep with someone who's sleeping with other people because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get an STD or have like that kind of thing happen. So it's like a logistical thing, but it's not because I like you, not because I'm committed to you, but just because I don't want to, you know, any kind of health risk to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes people try to use that logistical to get to the intentional. I think like, oh, you know, like I don't do this. Like it's all about the STDs, but it's also kind of a, a way of testing if, you know, they, they like the other person. Yes. Um, and then there's the final one I just called default because it's hard enough to find somebody who wants to, who want who you want to date and wants to date you or, um, you know, get to know. Sometimes people are just exclusive by default because you don't have anybody else. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, <laughs> they might yeah. look to. Yeah, they might look to their the doors open if they want to talk to someone else. But as of that moment, you're the only one, um, but it's just a default thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, there's so many very, when you said logistic exclusivity, I was thinking you moved in or like the, you now you're exclusive and you've actually, you're now sharing at least somewhere. So now you have some, you know, debt or some contractual obligation outside of your relationship that's keeping you there. Um, I, I have you read the book attachment styles. I think it's called attachment. There's like three types attached. Yeah, there you go. I halfway through it, but it does make sense. And I did notice, and it kind of ties to my experience as well. Cause when I went out there after my divorce, I didn't need anybody to make me happy. I loved my life. I loved who I was, my job, my career, my hobbies, my side gigs. 
I just wanted to see if anybody wanted to join my happiness. So I didn't come off needy. So I had a very successful dating life and out there when I was dating many women and meeting other guys, cause you know, making new friends. One thing I noticed, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I noticed there was just a lot of lonely people out there Yes, and are just dating. So they're not alone and settling. And that broke my heart. Are you seeing a lot of that? Yeah. And I, I think there's also just a lot of people that don't necessarily know what, what they want and Yes. If, I think if you ask people too, like, and I've, I've noticed this where a lot of people, you know, if they're see, like in a situation where they're, they're seeing someone, they want it to be like a relationship or something like that. Like when they want to start that conversation, they ask, you know, what are we? I always think that's a bad way to start the conversation. Ooh, yeah, don't um, do that. I think it's like stating <laughs> what you think you are, like, what, what do you think you are and see if they're on the same page? Cause if you ask, what are we, it just like keeps an open-ended question when you want a direct response. But I think part of the reason, cause like when people have said, oh, you know, it's, it's, you ask, what are we? Um, but then I say, you know, a better solution is is to say, like, I want you to be my boyfriend or I want you to be my girlfriend. People kind of like shudder at that. They're like, well, I don't, I don't know about that. And I said, well, then why are you asking what are we and hoping they say it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hoping they say it's a relationship. Like, I, do you actually want a relationship with this person? If you can't just say aloud, I want you to be my boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, so I think a lot of people like are just really like confused um, about what they do want, like questioning True. themselves. And I, I think kind of the sign of the, the times and just, you know, dating apps, the you know multitude of people is it contributing to that. And I think also just for millennials, like a lot of like the, you know, the, the state of the world has always been a pretty insecure place. Like, especially if you think of like men are told, like, this is how you be a man. It's you have the job, you have the, you know, everything that you, you have six that foot foundation. Tall, all that other BS, <laughs> all that BS, like where it's like, you have the foundation of, you know, the, the job, the money, the status. And then, you know, currently in the state of the world, no job feels secure right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, there's kind of that insecurity of like, am I, Am, am I enough? Um, or like, you don't feel as confident in your decisions because so much else is up in the air in your life. Um, yeah, I, I think is part of it as well. And I'm 46. And to be honest, that self-worth knowing who I am, what I want, what I can contribute. I didn't have that feeling till 34. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine the pressure and stress that young men and women have with the dating world as complex as it is, as what we're showcased with all these bullshit alpha bro podcasts that I can't stand. Um, you have to be wealthy, six foot, you know, abs, all this other bullshit. It, it can be so uh, disheartening mm-hmm. to, and, and, and it can really just kill somebody's spirit. Like I didn't even get a chance to play in the game and I'm already out. I'm sitting on the sidelines. It's so disheartening that I, that's why I, my content, yours and other people that I follow, I, I, I love the message that we're getting. We're trying to educate people. We're not trying to exploit people's fears and confusion for financial profit. Like these alpha bro podcasts that I, again, I can't stand. I went on this live last night I went on this whole hour rant why they suck. <laughs> uh, but I saw one of your videos uh, that you didn't name the name. You don't have to name the name, but you were invited to go to one, but it was like a negative, horrible experience, right? Did you want to talk about that? Yeah. So it was, it was interesting. It, it wasn't one of the, the big, the, the big ones that are, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the two big ones that are like the whatevers and the, the fresh fruit is what I call them. Um, <laughs> um, the, yeah, it wasn't one of those. It was something, and I think it was a, a newer pro, a newer program by someone who makes more, you know, general, like, you know, how to be an alpha man type content. Um, mm. but it was virtual, and the the invite, I thought, and I don't know if it was a, a spray and pray style invite. You know, they hired an assistant for 10 bucks an hour on, you know, Upwork or something. Or Fiverr. But, yeah, <laughs> something like that. But it was the way it was presented. It was, um, you know, here's the name of it. They said, but, you know, what his name was like. He's starting a new show and he's invited. He would love to have you on um, to discuss. And I think it was uh, 
da- uh, modern dating topics from a male and female perspective. Um, or he said like the opportunity will be to, you know, obviously discuss or yeah, it was discuss your feelings on modern dating trends and issues from both a male female perspective, like share your perspective on relationships. Um, and then it also, of course, like said, like the number of like followers and exposure and stuff like that. I think that that's totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he just said, you know, if you want to come on, like we, we shoot these on, on Fridays. Um, he didn't specify that they were like lives. Um, and you know, would love to have you. And it sounded like the way it was written too. it, it sounded like, you know, something that, you know, the average you know podcaster creator that you had a what I think is a totally you know healthy view on on dating and relationships would invite. So it, it felt very like, and if, yeah, it felt very like I was like okay, like you know, yeah, I, I kind of got the vibe. There was this like alpha bro view, but, but you know, I would be if there was a if it was like a two way conversation with someone who you know was open to a conversation, I would love to pick that person's brain and see like you know what like what what do they actually mean and how serious are they? I would have that conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went ahead and looked up the creator and on YouTube, I, I couldn't find anything. But then I went to like the lives. Oh yeah, it was also framed as a, a podcast, which it, it's not a podcast. Um, went to the um, you know, clicked on lives and it looked like they'd done, he'd done two in the past two weeks. And it was like, okay, like it looks like there's five or six girls on this. And is this what he's talking about? So I, I sent to the, cause I'm, I'm not like, I, I think even if you're having a totally positive conversation, like, t- like six guests who don't know each other from all different backgrounds, like that's, that's not a, that doesn't make for a good conversation. Everyone's going to talk all over each other. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I go and I, I DM the, the person that messaged me and said, is, is this the, the type of program you're referring to? Like, this isn't one of those where, you know, everyone yells, talks all over each other or anything like that. Um, I kind of like started to watch one. It, I couldn't really get a vibe for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah. And he was like, he's like, Oh yeah, this is it. He's like, but here's some screenshots from some of our past guests. Like they've all said, he's so respectful. Like it's, we're trying not to be like one of those other podcasts, like, you know, going, like giving the, the list of like all of that. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I decided, I just decided against it. It was also, he was shooting these on like Fridays at, at six o'clock and I don't, I'm not doing that on Friday, but my Fridays yeah, are too Friday. valuable for that. Yeah. It's family yeah. time or going out time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I declined it. I was like, I, you know, I, I don't really, you know, this, this sounds like it's too much like gender issues. It's, it's just too many people, you know, know. Um, and then, you know, of course, how the, U, the YouTube algorithm works, um, you know, was on YouTube trying to you know find something to watch. And it, it popped up like the episode that I would have been on. And it was it, it was, it was your stereotypical, like fresh fruit, whatever podcast stuff. Uh-huh. Like it started off with a, okay, we're going around the horn and ranking ourselves on scale. Oh God. The guests really? rank themselves. He didn't rank himself. Um, you know, pick a celebrity. You think you're just as attractive as, um, he's going through and asking <laughs> their relationship statuses. There was one woman on there who was, you know, a devout Christian, um, who's said, you know, who's 28 unmarried and he, you know, why aren't you married? It's because nobody picks you. If you're not married by 25, like it's, oh, it's never going to happen. There's a study out there that says it. And that's not what the study says. I've found that study it says something totally different. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just a big clusterfuck. And like that, that girl ended up like logging off, but it was weird. There was one girl on there. I think that had an, an OnlyFans, all of these podcasts too. It's like OnlyFans isn't a, a dating issue. I've, I don't, I've, aside from if I wouldn't know what OnlyFans was, if it wasn't for TikTok, no one in my personal life has one. And just the fact that it just keeps coming up on these dating podcasts, like it's something you can't get away from. I think that's like, you know, if, if you keep running into OnlyFans, like maybe take a look in the mirror because I barely hear anything about it except from TikTok. Right. Um, and I, <laughs> I think you're, if you're stumbling across it, you're probably looking for it. Um, yeah. so it was just very like, 
I felt, I, I also just felt like bait and switch. Um, and I think that's why like there were some guests on there that I think were very clearly surprised by what they were asked to be on, you know, people that were clearly trying to grow like on, on social media that maybe hashtag dating once or twice and told us a story that, you know, would not want to be on something like this, like would, you know, run away screaming if they heard from a fresh and fit or whatever that were sort right. of like bait and switched into this. Cause it's like, if you're trying to be like a, a fresh and fit, like, you know, tell people what they're getting themselves into. And yeah, you're going to lose, um, you know, a big demographic of people and there's going to be a certain type of person that's willing to go on that. Um, but if that's mm-hmm. the type of content you want to make, like you got to be upfront. Yeah. And I'm sorry you went through that experience. And, and again, imagine I, I, I I'm very vocal. Uh, and if I had been baited and switch, I would have just made it very clear on air that no, I'm not being part of this. And I would leave because, uh, I haven't been invited to one of those shows, nor will I accept an invite if I was invited to them because I think they're trash. I think they're doing more harm than good. They're just fueling the hate and divide that we have in the U S and they know their demographic is a guy of a, a, a small pool of guys, maybe bordering on the insul community. Right. But they hate women and they, they, they're all red pill guys and they're using the only fans body count lingo to discredit and rate them as low value women. So what do they do? They bring only fans models and they're exploiting the only fans models so they can put them all over the thumbnails, get the guys to watch the entire time. And I've, it's so insufferable for me to sit through those. Cause I'm reading the chat. Cause I want to see a taste of the tone of the community. And all you see is insults in the chat. They're comparing them. Hey, you look like me, Khalifa, you look like a porn star, all this. But then I found out cause I know people who've actually been on the show. These same guys who are insulting them are following them and subscribing to their OnlyFans account. So exactly. it's a contradiction. It's it's stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. And it's it's and I think it's it really it preys on, you know, the insecurity of, of men who are struggling with dating. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they basically frame themselves as like, hey, we're your friends, like we're looking out for you. And it takes you know men that are already struggling pushes content in front of them that will make them more miserable. Um, yep. and you know, ultimately does way more harm than good for their dating life. Um, I guess, um, if I, if I could like share a story and this might get dark, kind of dark, I don't want to, maybe it's a, a trigger warning kind of th- thing to put in front of us. Um, but I do have a particular disdain for the, the whatever podcast, um, and where that comes from. So, um, before living in Austin, I grew up in the, um, you know, Ventura, California area, um, lived in Santa Barbara before moving out to Austin, um, went to college in like San Luis Obispo, graduated in 2014. Um, one, um, whatever podcast they're headquartered or based out of Santa Barbara, they started in 2012, um, as a prank video YouTube channel. They did, um, a lot of, mm. um, videos that were very Nelk boy style. Um, you know, had one family friend that ended up like in one of their prank videos, they had two girls wandering around the city asking, you know, do you want to have a threesome with us? And he said, yeah, and it was a big prank. It was really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. that, that was them in 2012. Um, so something that happened at University of California, Santa Barbara um, in 2014, almost nine years ago today, um, there was a very tragic school shooting. Um, it was um, I don't even want to say the name of like the shooter, but it was okay. somebody who subscribed to the you know Manosphere red pill type content. Um, he it was before any of these types of podcasts existed, but yeah. there were you know the in written form. Um, the red pill forums on Reddit, like people just egging each other on sharing terrible stories. Um, and yeah, Memorial day weekend in 2014, he, um, planned to, you know, shoot, um, women inside a sorority house. They didn't let him in open fire in a street corner. Um, 
and yeah, one of the women that was killed there was, um, you know, close friends with, um, some people I've been, that I've, I'm really close with. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, because I lived in Santa Barbara, a lot of my, uh, former coworkers, um, you know, a few of them had sh- survived that shooting. My sister went to UCSB. She was with me. Thank God. Um, that weekend, um, I remember when she got the call and, you know, just the fact that something like that happened in Santa Barbara, um, you know, that was so horrible and hor- horrible and tragic from someone that was you know fueled by this like red pill type content, how yeah. the whatever podcast who, you know, kind of died down after, you know, whatever is what they were called, um, you know, 2012 doing prank videos. Um, they kind of laid dormant. Um, it was founded by the same guy who's running the podcast right now, Brian Atlas. Um, and then, you know, this, they see the success, the money of fresh fruit, and then they start, they turn whatever into the, the whatever podcast. And I, I'm sure they're making good money off that, but how you can make a podcast like that with that type of content targeting that type of audience that's struggling, you know, that close to where something horrible happened. Like, I don't know how someone, how they they can like sleep at night. I, I just have a particular disdain for that. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. You and I are cut from the same thread. Cause I've said the same thing. Uh, I'm in Texas and uh, you know, obviously you're not in Austin now, but you know, we had the shooting in, in the, the Allen mall just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, then Uvalde is what 20 minutes to my left. Mm-hmm. And you look at all the shooters and, uh, and again, I'm not blaming the podcast, you know, but the red pill space, the whole ideology is fueled with just just hate. Mm-hmm. And when you see these young men who are doing these shootings and uh, for whatever reason, if it be political, religious or just a hatred uh, for uh, for women, it, uh, I could not live with myself to, to preach and just spew that that hate to uh millions of people like Pearl, Fresh Fit, whatever, they're banking, they're making money. But again, it's based off at what cost? I know they don't give a shit. Uh, I know they don't because money in their end is more or less the important rule off factor. But at me as a, I have two, I have three kids, two boys and a daughter. My daughter just went to college. I could not live with myself as a content creator selling out and just selling that message because my demographic on YouTube is all 18 to 35 men. And if I, if I wanted to sell out and just spew that content, I can make money and all that, but it's not worth it. No, yeah. uh, our words have power. We have to be very careful with that because eh, why contribute to the divide and hate? Cause I, I could not live with it myself. As you said, I couldn't. Yeah. It's, 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 it's horrible. And they're, they're putting just, you know, very specific types of people who are coming on there for attention to, yep. to share stories that are just, you know, very you know, few and far in between, like, you know, confirming these guys fears that, oh, my gosh, all the all these women hate you and you're worth nothing. And see, look how terrible yeah. they are when really like w- women aren't, aren't like that. Like there's, you know, the average woman that you go outside and meet, like doesn't have an OnlyFans. Like, you know, right. maybe she would like to be treated like she likes a guy to pay for the first date. She's not after your wallet. She just she thinks it's nice. Like that's kind of the, av- the average woman. And you're kind of putting it in these guys' heads that, you know, no, it's, it's terrible. They all hate you. Why bother even trying, um, you know, keep mm-hmm. watching our podcasts, by the way, you, um, you know, when you're older, women will be attracted to you and all these women rejecting you will end up, you know, ugly, single and alone. And you'll have your fresh pick of 22 year olds when you're 38 years old and just keep watching our podcast yep. until then. And it's, it's very, very uh. toxic and very, um, scary. And I think, yeah, it's, it's teaching, you know, social skill, uh, the opposite of social skills that, um, I think are really having a terrible impact on young men. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I have a very honest conversation with my son, my, my other son's six months, so he's still a baby, but my son is 16 and we talk about sex. We talk about dating all the time. And I show him examples of what not listen to, what not to listen to. 
And you're right. These young guys, oh, I'm not six foot. I don't have a chance. I'm five nine. I, I've shrunk into five eight because I'm getting older. And apparently you shrink when you get older, but that never was a problem. Maybe there was 20% of the women who didn't pursue dating me because I wasn't tall. That did happen. So there's women out there. Yeah. Who prefer taller men, but it never destroyed me. I'm like, okay, that's their preference. So what? I'm just going to move on to the next. No big deal. Uh, and a lot of guys are just saying they're learning about the world and women and how their world is supposedly works through these podcasts. And again, they're sold this carrot that, hey, if you want to get these baddies and the women that they know of that exist that are all over are the IG models, the OnlyFans models or porn stars. That's all they know of women. That's how they learned about women through social media, through like the worst examples ever. And they've never encountered any real world women. So when I get like these idiots who come on my page and say, all women suck, go leave the country. I'm like, well, why are you, where are you basing that information on that opinion? Go, you can leave the U S is all women are trash. How many women have you dated? How old are you? They're 18. They haven't even left their mom's house, but apparently all women in the U S are ugly and stupid. Modern women are trash. They're going to go overseas to find a woman. They have no life experience and they're just being influenced by this trash that's out there. Exactly. And yeah, it, it's um, kind of, it's putting them in a really terrible mental state rather than you know going outside and, and talking to people and meeting people. Yeah. Um, that's also the that's the other thing, too. And I, I think what's unfortunate about dating apps um, uh, and they've people have really put a lot of emphasis on you know what people want on dating apps, who gets the most right swipes. And they think it applies to everybody in the world. I mean, right. yeah, you, you do have to list your height on a dating app. Are there some people that go ooh six foot right swipe? But uh, maybe it's just because I'm five two. I don't know what six foot actually looks like. That's something <laughs> I've learned. Um, if you go out yep. into if you go out into the wild, go to, go to a bar with, with a few guy friends, and you're you're a young guy. Um, you know, if the, if the girl's talking to you, she's not getting out a measuring stick and going, "How tall are you?" She's she's fine with however tall you are. You know, whatever it is, and I'll and I'm willing to bet unless you're a taller woman who you really knows your height well, most women don't really they probably think they know what six foot is. They don't know what six foot is. Every and everyone, you know, rounds up or rounds down. Mm-hmm. Nobody really, really knows. And I think, yeah, going out in the world, getting off of the four hour, whatever live stream, don't spend your money there. Don't spend the five bucks to have your comment read aloud. Take that five bucks, go out with your friends, go to, you know, a, a whether it's like a bar of sorts, like something, something, a fun, concert, something have, fun, something fun, spend your money yeah. on it, put that money in your pocket and buy, you know, a, a girl a drink and see what happens. Like, that's where you should do. And maybe you'll, maybe you'll, you know, kind of you know, fall in your face, sort of, it happens to all of us. Like, but it's really not all that bad, especially if you've got like a real support system and real friends who care about you, who aren't trying to take your money, um, you know, mm-hmm. surrounding you who have your best interest in mind, you know, unlike, you know, people who you have to subscribe to their course or their, you know, their program, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we've touched on the, on the, on the, on the male piece and the, the young male demographic, but what about women? Like what are women feeling and talking about like at brunch with mimosas and with all these guys with this ideology growing on this other end, what are women talking about in their space? Yeah. So there's, there's a few, there's, there's a few of them. And I think there's a few I've noticed on TikTok. I do think there's that high, here's how to find a high value man types, um, which I can't stand. <laughs> yeah. There's the, I think it's like ask Nelly where it's like, here's the four unfakeable traits of a, oh, a high that value idiot. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Sorry. Oh, you've got to be making <laughs> six figures or, or, or more like just these, these very arbitrary traits. And, um, that's sort of been, um, pushed on to people. It's like, you've got to find this high value. Man. It's so funny. Cause that, that advice, it feels like how to be an escort one one Cause they're like, Oh, you know, men mm-hmm. don't care about careers. Here's how you find a rich man, go to a fancy hotel bar, like linger at the bar and just wait for someone to come up to you. It's like, they're going to think you're yeah. an escort. Um, mm-hmm. but 
and they they really fuel that. And it, I, it was really sad. I noticed like the other day, and I think this, this woman who's like in her early forties, like people kept tagging me in it, and I was like, I, I don't want to like you know say anything to like come down on this woman because I feel kind of bad. Um, early forties who'd never been married, you know, done really well for herself in her career. Um, still single. And, you know, she's following this type of content, trying to find a boyfriend doing day in my life stuff. And she's using the buzzwords like the high value man, like, oh, I'm trying to be more feminine, like, you know, bought some new clothes. Like I've been following this person's advice. And, you know, I, I don't know that it, that it's helping her. And I think it's also like pushing in the, her in the direction of being mm. somebody she's not because um, I think people should, you know, try to be the best version of themselves, but not someone they're not. Absolutely. Like, I think if you're a successful woman and, and whatnot, like you shouldn't stop doing that to go linger at a bar. Like, you know, maybe take that success to like meet new connections, meet connections, meet people around you, like meet people that you know, have like-minded interests, like versus, you know, staying at work until 10 o'clock, like, you know, find the you know, museum you're interested in going to and see who's there. Like, um, right. I think that's like, you know, the better way of, of doing things. I, I think there's, you know, that version, the high value man version. And then of course there's the more traditional influencer podcasters. They're not necessarily like, I don't want to say like, I don't know if it's like a, a call her daddy, but like, if you think of like the Tinkses, like they're in an LA or a New York, they sort of became a dating guru because they were an influencer already. And people were interested in their dating lives because they went on some dates with a celebrity. Um, mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they were giving dating advice and now they have a dating podcast. Um, and those are frustrating because they are sharing a totally unrelatable experience for women who right. are dating. I think those right. target a little bit younger of an audience. Like I think tanks is very much that like recent college grad, um, you know, 22 just moved out to a, a new city after, after college. Um, but very much like, you know, what, you know, Tinks, who has very wealthy parents who date, went on some dates with Diplo and lives in her own mansion in L.A., her version of dating is a lot different than, you know, the girl who just graduated University of Missouri. And she's telling them, right. you know, every guy puts women into a box upon meeting them. So, you know, just, you know, go sleep with them right away because it doesn't matter anyway kind of stuff. And it's like, no, Tinks, like maybe you're older, you know, your relationship with sex, but like don't 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 put this influence on people. Um, so mm -hmm. it's very like superficial and, and like L.A. style um, dating advice. Um, nothing that I think, you know, pushes like stuff that maybe feel scary the way that the alpha bro ones do, but it's definitely superficial. It's definitely toxic. It's pushing women in the wrong direction. It's pushing them to value the wrong things. Like there was a whole trend where it was like, um, it was, you know, men who do dinner dates or nothing like no coffee dates, no drink dates. Um, if he, he's a scrub, if he's not doing a, a, a oh, dinner yeah. date. Um, mm -hmm. and so I think that's terrible advice. I think, you know, first, like you're going to get, if you find yourself on a dinner date with someone you're not excited about, you're stuck there. You can't just get up. Um, mm -hmm. And then also it's like when it comes down to you know, dinner, like you want to like fall, like I almost say fall in love, but you want to make a connection with a person, not not a restaurant. Um, and I think you can do that. Like, I think, you know, kind of taking the frills out of it, you know, grab a coffee, do a walk around the park, you know, don't go to Starbucks. Um, but, you know, pick a time where it's, um, you know, a coffee shop that has the farmer's market next to it. Grab a coffee and, and go on a walk or, you know, the, the fun cocktail bar that you've been wanting to try. Um, you know, grab a cocktail. Um, you know, if it doesn't go well. It's, it's one drink. Um, but, you know, th things like that versus like a two hour dinner date ordeal where there's, you know, food and a, yeah, like I, I think I really hate that advice. And you, it should be about person first, like put the money in your pocket for the nice third date if things work out versus, you know, dinner date first. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen a few of those and, uh, I don't agree. I, again, they're just, just as bad as the, the podcast that we just talked about, but not as toxic. Right. But it's, it's really just teaching young women that, Hey, use your sexuality, use your beauty to take, to take advantage of, of get the most you can. 
uh, you know, dinners, trips, uh, trips to Dubai, whatever they're doing or yachts, whatever you're using your sexuality to get you in these spaces. But that there's no substance there. There, there isn't, and there's going to be consequences to those visits and those, those types of environments you're putting yourself in. Uh, I, I do, I do know there's one, I forget her name, but she's preaching that if your man isn't taking care of you, if he doesn't, if he doesn't like spoil you and give you a mommy tuck and all these things, and you're just wasting your time, go for these high value men. And it's just, it's idiotic. I mean, some of us are very pretty and, you know, are privileged to be able to do that and pull that space and Hey, good for you, but not to the masses and to teach that type of like method and way of thinking is just only making the situation worse. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I do. I, I have heard of that before and yeah, no dinner on a first date. No, it's always drinks or coffee or something, but cause you get to talk to them and get to know absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, uh, I have one last question for you and this is a question I ask everybody right on the podcast because my platform is all based on my mistakes. I made tons of them. And I learned from them, right? So my question, Charlotte, is this. What is the what, what is the biggest mistake you've ever made? And what did you learn from it? Oh, gosh. Um, hmm. I'll try to. Oh, let me. I'm trying to I'm trying to think if I can call one out. Um, OK. Yeah. And, and this is this is maybe this isn't necessarily dating specific, but I, I feel like it, it could be you. You could you could tie it to that. Um, mm-hmm. I worked for a, an incredible um, you know company. My first um, real job out of college, I worked there for five years. Software company moved up the ladder in marketing. Um, you know, the company went public. It was getting so big and everyone was like enticing um, you know, via LinkedIn. You, all the recruiters were saying, like, you know, come come. Here's this new offer. Here's a big, shiny new title. Um, mm-hmm. I made the decision to leave. Um, you know, went to one company, what didn't really, it just wasn't what I thought it was, um, you know, kind of got shuffled around, then, you know, ended up getting recruited to another, um, which I liked, but it still wasn't the same as that old company. Um, and you know, I, I wish I'd stayed cause I look back and I, I see sometimes people will be at, um, be there enjoying themselves, like, you know, really growing. They, they had the growth that I thought I wasn't able to get because I kind of felt a little bit spoiled at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was one of those where it was like the grass wasn't always greener. Um, and luckily, like mm. I'm kind of like in the in the final stages of an interview to, to go back. I'm really, really excited. Um, but I think sometimes it's like especially like you think of like dating apps and like you're wondering you have a great date. But what else is out there? Um, you know, I, I think I wouldn't I probably wouldn't have left if I didn't have you know a phone that showed me all these different like companies and all these things they were doing. So that was one of those really big grass wasn't greener. Like you don't know what you've got till it's gone type things. Um and yeah, that's yes. work. But um, sometimes when you when you find a place that like feels really good, that that's work, like hang on to it because, yeah, like that's hard to find. Yeah, I've shared. That's a great answer, by the way. Wow. I, I don't want to almost like tether to that. But I, to my to my lessons that I've learned, uh, and I, I've, my my fiance knows this. I made videos about it. Uh, I got hooked on the dating scene because I just had great success on the app. So having three, four women, you know, that I was talking to. I, sometimes I had two dates on Saturday, like one at six o'clock in the afternoon, in the evening. And then she went home at 10 and then I went out with the other one at 12. So I got hooked to the variety and the shelf life of that toxic one of the dating life. Most of the dating relationships I had were like a month or two until they imploded. Somebody brought up a red flag and, you know, hey, forget it. And we're done. Then I met my fiance and I remember who the hell is this? Like, no, she's different. She's lying. She's full of crap. I'm going to catch the red flags. There were no red flags. And four months in, five months in, I found myself bored and I was trying to self-sabotage it. I'm like, I need to get out here and go back and get the variety again. And I go, you know what? I'm not going to do that. 
And I told her, look, I think I'm bored. And I don't know if it's me or you, but I think I'm bored. And she goes, well, what have you experienced before? Why are you bored now? Because I go, honestly, we're not fighting. <laughs> we're things are great. And she goes, oh, you're you're confusing uh, peace with boredom. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. So I had to relearn that. And again, instead of thinking the grass is greener, I go, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm glad I was honest with you, but I'm a stay. And, and uh, I'm sorry that I mentioned this, but this is how I feel. And now we're engaged. And I almost left something. Thank you. I almost left something wonderful because of the idea of what's out there. The grass is greener. And I'm glad I didn't do it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't either. Yeah, there's a, there's it's funny. There's a great like Parks and Rec episode where that's where that's the plot. And it's a Ron Swanson. Really? Quote, like, don't. Yeah. Where he said he sells Donna, you know, don't confuse drama for happiness. Like the music teacher Ooh. that you're dating is the right man for you. Like cut this out. Um and I think that's also important because everyone talks about the spark. I don't know. Oh, I didn't feel a spark. Like, I think, you know, feelings of security and, and whatnot, like, don't run away from those because they feel, quote unquote, boring. Um, yeah. I found yeah, like that, a drama or a, a relationship without, you know, the crazy stories tends to be the best one. Mm-hmm. And it's also how we learn love. I mean, because now that I went to therapy and I deep dive, it's kind of how I learned love through my parents and what I saw growing up. So it's how somebody learns love and what they think is normal also ties to what their relationship is now. So if they are bored, maybe they have to read, do a self-evaluation say, Hey, maybe I am messed up and I have to go back and reevaluate all my relationships to see where this stems from. But yeah, I totally agree. And uh, this was a great conversation, Charlotte. And where can people find you outside of TikTok? Yeah. So TikTok is just at welcome to the peasant party. Um, have an Instagram kind of tied to the same thing. If you're not on the clock app, I try to move those over to reels. Um, generally, I think that's that's where you can find me. Um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. TikTok, I would say, is the best bet. There's like the link in bio to you know any kind of sub formats of the content. Really trying to start getting um, you know, write ups of everything I've done posted, um, you know, all the, the visuals that kind of you catch a glance yes. of in the, on the screen, um, you know, getting those posted, turn them into infographics. Um, but yeah, a little bit, a little bit of like uh, almost like admin work there that I really need to like sit down and do. Mm-hmm. Well, please continue to do what you do. Again, I'm an instructional designer and I value the time and the effort in your PowerPoints because they're so informative. And I, I'm calling it now in about a year, maybe maybe a year and a half, you're going to be doing a TED talk on one I of those slides. That would be really fun. Um, I, yes. I would love to do that. Um, like the TEDx ones that come to town. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm manifesting that right now. So yeah, I'll do the continue same. To Thank do, you. Continue to do great work. And thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, I want to thank Charlotte for being on the podcast. Gentlemen, I know you like stats and I know you like facts and definitions. And she provided definitions for us today. That's going to help you out in the dating world. If you haven't done so already, please consider following her. Her social media links are down below. She's a wealth of knowledge. I highly recommend her. Don't forget my social media links as well down below. Don't forget to follow the podcast. Subscribe to YouTube. I'm live twice a week, every week with myself, you know, giving out stories or dating advice, divorce advice, or having somebody on and uh, sharing their wealth of knowledge as well. So again, thank you so much for everybody who's supported me since day one. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. God bless.